Hey, this is Howard Jacobson, and I am very happy to be joined on the phone today by Jeff Rogers. Hello, Jeff. Hi there. Good to be here. Yeah, so I, I wanted to talk to you. Actually, so um, you're kind of one of my plant-based heroes because oh, wonderful. because of the the importance of your book in my life, which goes far, far beyond the recipes. Um, so the book is called Vice Cream, and it's subtitled Over 70 Sinfully Delicious Dairy-Free Delights from Jeff Rogers, the Naughty Vegan. I think it came out in 2004. Yes, that's so, correct. And I have to tell you, so it, I became um, plant-based, well, more, more recently, around 2004, I think, and... Um, the, the landscape is really different now from what it was then in terms of the, the technologies and the, diff, the, num, the, the, the standards of, of food. So at that point, basically I was just doing a lot of like frozen veggies in a pot with brown rice and, and, and right, you know, right. I mean, it's stuff I still eat and I still love, but that was kind of the sure. extent of it. And, and, and a treat would be to go to, um, you know, my local health food store and get some, like a tofuti <laughs> or some, right. some dessert that was, um, you know, either of, of questionable provenance or didn't really taste that great or it tasted good as long as it was really cold and you didn't notice the flavors. And, and some, of them, some of them had aftertaste too. Yeah. That would linger. And then so, someone turned me on to your book. And just from the, from the first one I made, which I believe was chocolate, and it's it's probably like ninety five percent of the ones I've ever made from your book have been the the plain chocolate. It it totally blew my mind that wow, nice. but, like there was this. And it was and I, I'm having trouble explaining what it was because maybe we can we can kind of unpack it from your perspective because um, okay. cl- clearly this is. You know, it's a bigger deal than just some some sweet stuff that doesn't come from a cow. Um, but, True. But I just I just want to start by saying that it 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 opened my eyes in so many ways to the possibilities and to what I really didn't have to give up if I was willing to expend a little a little creativity. Wow! Right, it's true. Um, so so back to you. Um, you, I, I read in the little bio at the back of ice cream that you started out in, in food and hospitality, food and tourism up in Vermont. So how, right. So talk about you know dairy country. Um, when did you decide yeah, that, yeah. That, that milk was not going to be uh, part, part of your lifestyle? Well, it was gradual over the years. It, Vermont is a, a big dairy state, and we uh, we had Ben and Jerry's in the neighboring town. So um, I was. a big Ben and Jerry's addict, but over the years I've noticed the cause and effect relationship of food and my health. I grew up with migraines, and I'd have several colds or flus a year. I'd get bronchitis. Uh, in my 20s, I ended up getting high blood pressure, um, and somewhere along the line, I noticed that dairy, uh, especially milk, would give me gas, and I, I tried cutting it out, and I started noticing less headaches and less other issues, so that kind of started me on my path of of improving my diet for you know for better health and then my blood pressure came down as the closer I got to vegan um, and it was 1998 that I 
let me see, I'm sorry, 1997, the end, December, I had my last Ben and Jerry's. Um, I love the taste and the texture, but I would I would feel lousy later on, not doubled over sick, but I just did not feel 100%, and I wanted to improve that. So I gave up the Ben and Jerry's. That was the last dairy. Uh, I'd already given up cheese, and and then probably similar to some of your experiences when I would try some of these dairy-free ice creams, they were not quite rich enough for me, and they had aftertaste. So I thought in my mind there must be a better way. So I kind of left that question out there. There must be a better way. And then in 98, at one point, it dawned on me, I was making some soup with some cashew milk, and it was really rich and luxurious, and, and uh, it was some corn chowder. It was wonderful. In uh, Adonami, I should use cashew milk. And it was in 99, I moved to Seattle. I decided when I move to Seattle, I get a new job, I'll buy an ice cream maker and I'll start making it. And I, the first batch I made, I blew my own mind. I, I was in awe. I, I couldn't believe that this was not being done. And I just kept making recipes and they were they were amazing. And uh, so it went from there. Wow. So... so how did you come upon cashews at, at all? Uh, was was there some other recipe that had it in you know it had it in this other in, in the corn chowder? Um, was was it well, was, that, was already, that being were cashews being used as sort of a cream substitute, just not in desserts? Right. Yeah. It was actually a friend who was not vegetarian, not vegan, but um, I may have influenced them, and they were trying these recipes, and they they had a recipe that they had found for a corn chowder. And I promptly lost the recipe, but I knew it had cashew milk, so I just recreated one, uh, and it was it was delicious. And so it was that, uh, that idea of using cashew as a cream uh, that started the idea. Wow. And so then um, you would just make it for friends and family, and people started telling you you had to put it in a book? Well, there was, there was people who... Uh, they were more passionate about me making it. They wanted to buy it. They, there were people who were, would argue and say, they would insist, you can make millions doing this. And hmm. That wasn't where my heart was. I didn't want to be tied to a factory, uh, you know, getting all the licensing and, and, and manufacturing that. Um, I did think about it for a while. I thought I could go the route of the book or manufacturing, but uh, the book was more of a passion for me, so I went that route. Wow. So, and... I think you mentioned that in the uh, in the introduction to the book that uh, there's all there's also the issue of how much a, a pint or a quart would have cost, right? If right. You, if you had gone into production um, on on any sort of scale, it's true. The cashews are, are rich, and I would use organic, and uh, it would make a pint rather expensive. Uh, people did certainly appreciated it at at potlucks and get-togethers. Um, but I, giving them a recipe is a way of keeping the prices down for people. And right. uh, my hopes was my hopes were that more people would would then you know try this vegan ice cream and make it on their own and and move away from the dairy version. Right. So I'll tell you a little bit about my experience. Uh, once I'd gotten the hang of the recipes and we had uh, all the equipment, um, so I had become you know pretty much whole food plant based. My health improved. I looked better. Mm-hmm. I got down to close to my ideal weight. Um, my kids were 
were healthy and we'd have people over for dinner and, you know, or just meet, meet them. And none of this would really have a, much of an impression on them. You know, it was like, like dropping mm-hmm. grains of sand from a height onto a, you know, into, into water. It was like, you couldn't even tell, but then we'd have them over for dinner and for d- whatever we made for dessert, I would get at the ice cream maker. Huh. I bought a sec- uh-huh. a second, um, you know, f- f- freezer container and, okay. And so in about, you know, about an hour, everyone's sort of relaxing. You know, we're trying to have like conversations, but I'm going like for like an hour in the kitchen. It would come out and people would be blown away. Wow. And, you know, that became the topic of, of conversation. They go, really? This isn't, you know, it's not, it's not I, I wouldn't tell right. them at first. I said, well, here's the, here's the ice cream. And they would think it was it was delicious and it would feel good. Like they they would have like a like a mystical positive uh, vibration with it. Like the like, wow, nice. You know, like like there was no you know no animals were were pissed off in the making of this uh, of this dish. And and then I would tell them what it was, and they would, you know that was like such good ambassadorship for for this wow, way of life. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, people, other... people often, people often think we, we're suffering, we're restricting ourselves, but we we have delicious food. Yeah, and you know, and and that's you know, that's sort of. I think there's a lot of people who would like to live better, um, mm-hmm. like live more in accordance with their true values. And it's funny how what, what are the voices in their heads that stop them? And I think it's the. You know, I don't want to deprive myself. Like, my life isn't that great. I'm not that happy. I'm not that fulfilled. At least I have my Ben and Jerry's. True. And people often will just think of ice cream, not think about uh, um, a a non-dairy version. Because they they have in their mind that ice cream that they grew up with that has dairy and uh, comes from cows. and and, But it really isn't uh, a big leap to get to a, a delicious vegan version. Right, right, and 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 you know, and ice ice cream is one of those really divisive foods. <laughs> like people, you know, people I know who who are, are otherwise you know sort of smart, caring, good people would would kind of think of me as a little bit of like a child abuser for not letting my kids have ice cream. Like like right. like somehow I was taking away their childhood. <laughs> you know, I, don't I know. yeah, I I hear that. You know, and so, so this, so the, the vice creams, um, which are so simple, um, you know, just completely replaced uh, all all of those longings, and it just it felt like I was upgrading. It didn't feel like I was settling, which is right. you know, yeah. in, two, in 2004, pretty much all fake food, vegan fake food, was settling. <laughs> It wasn't as true. And, and, true. and Vice Cream was the first product that I came across that was clearly superior to what I had been used to. Wow, I certainly appreciate hearing that. Uh, and yeah, it has man. I, I hear stories of people uh, who really made a difference, and and uh, it is touching to hear that, uh, especially when it's a huge difference in people's lives, and it it, it catches me off guard sometimes. Um, because I I was just looking to make some ice cream to replace you know this uh, this rich ice cream I used to have but much better doesn't doesn't harm the planet there's no suffering of animals and then I hear these stories sometimes and uh, yeah it's it makes a difference right and the other thing you know I, I was looking through the uh, the Amazon reviews 
uh, of ice cream, and you know, I have a couple of books on Amazon, so I I like to torture myself by looking at like the the low the poorer uh, reviews. And yeah. so, one of the big complaints is that this stuff is expensive. <laughs> All right, so so I found it's it true. at at dinner parties. We'd have you know six uh-huh. eight people. People would get a much smaller portion. I was I was pulling out like the. The old Jello bowls, not not so you know. I w- I would normally serve serve ice cream in like a soup bowl, and these are like much more petite, and people had to right, eat them much right. more consciously. What 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 do you what do you where are you at um, in terms of you know? Well, yes, this stuff is expensive. Organic cashews, organic maple syrup, and some of the other you know really top quality ingredients that you you advise us to use. What what is what does that what does that mean for you that it's kind of expensive? Well, it's it's uh, it's an investment, um, but uh, you touched upon something where I've noticed over the years people, when they eat this, they eat less. Um, it's interesting. I've had people who were ice cream eaters who would try the ice cream. They would eat much less, but they enjoyed it. And when eating the dairy version, they would eat larger volume. So um, there, there may be something in the in the hormones or, or something in the ice creams. It, uh, but there's something much more satisfying in the uh, in the ice cream, where they would not eat, eat the same volume, but they're very satisfied with it. Yeah, that, you know that was my experience as well, and I, I'm I'm pretty um, persistent when it when it comes to eating. Like I I don't let a lot get in the way of me and overeating. <laughs> You know, uh-huh. okay. like f- feelings of you know of, of being full or, or sluggish or just like I, I could just keep plowing ahead. And I remember one summer, um, I was I was working as a camp counselor up in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and my evening routine after I got home exhausted was I would I would buy two pints of Ben and Jerry's, two different flavors, uh, and yeah. you know one for one for tonight and one for tomorrow night, <laughs> and I did wow, this every yeah. night. <laughs> Like the you know the second one I was like shame eating because I felt so bad about finishing the first one. Uh huh. And you know like the I found the ice creams don't don't really freeze all that well. Um, so I would I would always want to you know I'd make a batch and I would want to finish it that day. And I found I really right, right. I really couldn't. <laughs> like I so wow. I, would end, I would end up freezing it and then sort of thawing it out or maybe putting it back in or, huh? or, or sharing it with people. That it was it was definitely it was definitely some sort of barrier to to me eating as as mindlessly and self destructively as I had been able oh, to do with Ben and Jerry's. Right. Yeah. I and it, it I think it has to do with the satisfaction. There's different aspects of hunger and satisfaction. One is the nutrition level that you know gets into the bloodstream, and one is just the like the filling the stomach. Um, and it may be that eating regular ice cream just does not satisfy all those levels to the, to the same to the same level, um, whereas the ice cream satisfies more nutritional needs as well as satisfying the stomach. Um, but it is interesting that people don't tend to eat as much. Yeah, you know, and I've also noticed that. I mean, so you know, so it's very it's very rich. It's, it is quite expensive. And it's probably not meant to be eaten every day. <laughs> True. I mean, if people need to, they can. But yeah, it, that can certainly add up. Um, and even using other other options like the almonds from almond milk, those have gone up in price. And uh, I make fresh coconut milk, and 
Um, it's not always easy to find good coconuts, and that takes extra work. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's fr- frozen coconut milk can be purchased, not not as rich, but it's there's still other options. Right, but I, but I, you know, the more I eat high quality food, the more mm-hmm. I realize that you know that expense being expensive is actually a plus in a lot of situations. So when I look at okay. my, my my standard diet of you know lentils and uh, rice and beans as as kind of the basis, and then you know fruits and vegetables on top of that, um, you know that's that's all inexpensive. But the stuff that you know that I should be eating in fairly small quantities, and the stuff mm-hmm. that that farmers have to work really hard to produce should be expensive. That's true. Yeah. Because nuts and seeds should be eaten in small quantities. It's it's true. Yeah, there's there's just you know there's something a little bit imbalanced about you know especially with with all the subsidies for the for the meat and dairy industry that the price I'm paying for those products is far oh. less than than their actual cost to to hum, to humanity. Yeah, true. Right. Yeah, it's too easy. It's too easy to purchase volumes of that and overeat, and yeah, our our national health suffers from that. So, so I'm curious for for you in your life, what's what's the role of of desserts, of sweets, of of these kind of indulgences? Are you, you know, do you eat this like all the time, every meal, every day? Is it a special treat? More of a special treat on occasion. I don't make as much ice cream as I used to, uh, especially after around and doing demos at events around the U.S. and Canada, um, uh, I think I've naturally gone more towards just eating more more whole plant-based foods. Uh, I've been eating raw food for over 12 years. Oh. Um, yeah, so I've been focusing. That's why the shift from the uh, more... The, well, at the beginning of the book, you'll see regular ice creams, then there's a section in the back, like half the book's all raw ice creams, is because... As I transitioned, then my ice cream transitioned with me, so I had new recipes that were all raw. Um, so I still make them on occasion, um, uh, but I I find eating simpler, um, I feel better. So um, that's kind of tapered. My eating more luxury stuff, gourmet stuff, is tapered over time. Um, so when I do eat more uh, more complicated foods, I notice it. Um, and I do, I do appreciate eating simpler. I feel better. My health is is better. So uh, that's kind of where I'm at now. I still eat gourmet stuff, but um, I'm more aware of of like avoiding the salts and too much sugar and and uh, complicating meals with lots of ingredients. Mm-hmm. So, so you 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 went raw about 12 years ago. Yes. yes. What what has that done for you? Well, one of the most interesting things to me is I, I mentioned I had high blood pressure in my 20s. And so I started adjusting my diet and noticing it improved. So at sea level, my blood pressure came down to, to normal. But when I'd go back to visit relatives in high altitude, like in Colorado, my blood pressure would go back up to where it was, and I would have to go back in my meds while I was visiting. Um, but once, once I went raw... And I went back to Colorado. I had my blood pressure checked. It was normal, and I felt great. I, I, it's, it can be a challenge being at high altitude with like a lack of oxygen, but I actually felt better than when I lived there. 
Uh, I went out and I did wind sprints. Yeah. I was really amazed at my level of energy being raw at a high altitude. And we went to the, the top of Pikes Peak, which is 14,000 feet, and I was walking all over the top uh, of Pikes Peak, and our other family were having to just you know stay by the uh, the summit house there, and um, so my blood pressure improved even at high altitude. I had more energy. I noticed um, my body's ability to adjust to altitude changes. Even flying seemed to be better on, uh, like equalizing my ears, things like that. And I've had less colds and flus over the years. Um, I can go many years now without any cold or flu symptoms. If I get any, they're much milder. The duration is less. Um, so it's been a lot of things like that where it just, as the body cleans up, it seems to work more efficiently on the raw plant-based foods. Um, yeah, and, and health improves. People who have excess weight, it tends to drop off. Hmm. And and you're not living in a, a tropical area, right? You're, you're in Seattle? That's, that's true, yeah. So we don't have that many locally, local foods that are year-round, perhaps some kale and things, so we do rely on on the health food stores. Uh, certainly appreciate the summer season when we have ample fruits and veggies. Right, because I've, I've, I've found, you know, I, I generally go raw one month during the summer. And, okay. And I kind of, I tell myself that uh, that I really want to eat cooked foods in the winter. And I, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very confused about the, the whole raw thing. So I always like to oh, not, you know, okay. not to, to to proselytize any anything in particular on this podcast, but just I'm I'm always curious about people who uh, who experiment and and, uh-huh. and find success. Right, and there are a lot of raw foodists. I'm one of the rare ones who eats pretty much entirely raw food. Uh, most may eat a majority, like seven to eighty percent, and mm-hmm. so they're still eating some cooked foods. Some people will eat more raw during the summer months uh, and then like eating cooked foods, soups and things over the winter. So there's there's a lot of variety, a lot of variations in the people who are in the raw community as to what they eat. Right. Now, so when when I would look at what you eat, from, from my perspective, mm-hmm. I might get that same feeling that people had when they looked at at me as a as a plant based eater and feel like I must be depriving uh-huh. myself. Do you feel like you're depriving yourself? Like you look at you know a lentil loaf or 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 a soup, or do you feel like you know that you're you're totally it's luxuriating? Actually, well, in some ways, it's actually the opposite. It, it um, I understand people will look may look at raw foodists and think deprivation, but. Uh, what I'm actually depriving myself of is uh, are the symptoms I did, I did not enjoy, the colds, the flus, the high blood pressure, the migraines. So it's actually more freeing that way, where I'm enjoying more more health and vitality. Um, and the foods we eat, we can actually eat quite gourmet. We People make raw lasagnas, where there's layers of you know, tomato sauces, seed cheeses, uh, veggies, and they're delicious and and... Uh, but without the, um, like being tired after a meal and, and needing to take a nap, that kind of thing. Um, if you ever see people at a raw potluck, we can just keep going all night uh, <laughs> compared to like a Thanksgiving meal where people, a traditional meal where people eat and they, they're crashing afterwards. Um, so it's, it's, it's more freeing to me and I do enjoy more 
more health uh, and not getting the colds and flus and everything. Gotcha. Well, I'm, uh, hearing, you know, I, I hear all that in my intellectual brain, but when you start describing lasagna, that's when, like, I feel my <laughs> my motor racing. So. And, and you'd have to actually uh, try it to really appreciate it. And there are, we're fortunate there's, there's more and more raw restaurants opening up around the country and around the world. Um, that's one fun thing about traveling. I can, I, I like to try, uh, I stop in different raw restaurants and try their foods. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they, they do some amazing work. Great. Well, it's, it's also helpful to have a, a kitchen full of gadgets to, uh, like make zucchini noodles and other things, and, and I make a variety of sauces. And yeah, so Pollux Pollux really bring out um, a lot of uh, interesting dishes. Uh huh. So do you attend re- sort of regular potlucks, either you know omnivore versions or cooked vegan versions, and people get you know introduced to your to your contributions? Uh, well, mainly. Uh, it's a raw food community, so the, uh-huh. the potlucks I go to are, they do tend to be raw potlucks, so there's a variety of, of different raw dishes. Sometimes it's a combination of like, uh, raw foodists with uh, regular vegans, so they may, they may be a table of cooked foods and a table of raw foods, so uh, okay. people can still experiment on both sides. Gotcha. So where, where do you think raw foods are right now um, in, in terms of, um, let's say, the, the um, you know the world of cookbooks and techniques where I, where I would say that plant based or vegan cuisine is light years ahead now from what it was when you first rode ice cream. Um, you think there is? It, it's you know, true, and and it, it's helped to have a lot more people like uh, Bill Clinton going vegan, um, having someone in politics go vegan. That it's like introduces that to a whole new in the population, there's been more celebrities going vegan, and um, and more talk shows having vegan chefs on. Uh, so it's really uh, pushed the boundaries out in the public, more acceptability of vegan foods, and, and at the same time, it, it it makes more room for for raw foodists, uh, and it makes that more acceptable. So um, it it still continues. I know there was an article out not long ago, people saying that. They were saying raw food is dead, and, and their explanation was that uh, some of the gurus, the raw food gurus, were eating cooked food. But mm-hmm. uh, it, it doesn't take away the fact that there are so many people out there who are eating more and more raw foods and experiencing better health. So their their only point seemed to be that some of the uh, the gurus, the, the leaders, uh, were including cooked food. But that's that's uh, happened over time anyway. A lot of raw foodists, most raw foodists, do not eat 100% raw. Mm-hmm. Right, and and you know, and, and as as someone who's trying to bring this whole way of living and thinking to the public, um, I feel like I have to be very careful around. You know, I don't even talk about organic, and I'm starting to work with people now where I don't even talk about fresh. Um, ah, okay. You know, where if I can get people to open a can of beans and a bo- and boil in the bag brown rice and throw some canned uh-huh. salsa on it with some frozen spinach in a pot, that you know they're already doing so. You know, that if 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 it's like a logarithmic scale, they're they're at ninety out of a hundred already, and that true, true. organic and gourmet and uh, non-GMO and raw 
are all, you know, even though for, for me, I consider them big deals. I find as I, if I go out into the public and I start, you know, talking about, um, you know, the, the, the finer details that people aren't even ready to, to give up their, their cheeseburger mm-hmm. yet. Right. And, and those doors will open when they're ready. It's like open one door at a time. Um, and as they get comfortable and they're ready for more information or more doors to open, they'll, they'll be there for them. Oh, that's a, that's a beautiful metaphor. So, uh, and yep. And from, from my perspective, um, your, your, uh, um, your book of ice cream and, and your innovation has been one of those very early doors for people that, uh, that kind of shows them that, that another world is possible. Well, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. So you said, you mentioned earlier that you have another uh, edition coming out. Can you t- tell us about that and when, when it will be out and where we can get it? Yeah, that's, uh, it's going to be, it should be in most bookstores. Um, it's coming out in May, and I was contacted by the publisher a couple of years ago. They, they, they said it's a good candidate for re- like basically a re-release, and it's now going to be a hardcover. I've added at least 10 new recipes uh, and, and uh, re- reworked some of the wording in the book, and uh, we, we have a food photographer that we use, took some amazing photos, so... Uh, there's going to be pictures throughout, so it's going to be quite a quite a different book now. Uh, still, some of the classic recipes. I've added some new ones, such as um, delicious pistachio coconut. I didn't have a pistachio one the first time I had experimented, but nothing I wanted to put in the book. So this one, yeah, it's it's amazing, and it's also one of the raw versions. So that's there, and some other uh, unique recipes. So I'm looking forward to that. Awesome. Will will there be a uh, an ebook version as well? Uh there should be. I um I didn't check the details on that. Uh the original one was released, so I, I imagine it'll be uh I'm not sure if at the same time it comes out, but yeah, there sh- there should be an ebook version. Great. Well, and, and, and for now the ice cream is there. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, and for now ice cream is all is uh in an ebook form. Right, so you can you could uh, you could get it now, and then in May you could give it away to someone else and get another copy because this is de- this is definitely the sort of uh, of, of volume that you want to you know proselytize with. That sounds good, yeah. Okay. Uh, so if folks want to uh, follow you or stay in touch or see what you're up to, where where should they go? Uh, JeffRogers.us, J-E-F-F-R-O-G-E-R-S.us. I link to my other uh, websites. I've got a number of projects I've started, and uh, that's you know, the best way to, to see what I'm doing. I also have my photography up there. Awesome. Well, so, Jeff Rogers, thank you so much for, for all the work you do, for, uh, for in- introducing countless people to a better way of life and a, a more compassionate way of eating, and for taking the time to talk with us today. Well, my pleasure. Uh, thank you, Howard, for having me. It's, I I've certainly enjoyed this. Cool. Well, be well, and uh, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll get on the horn when the new book comes out, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll let people know about it again. Sounds good. Thanks, Howard. Take care. All right. You too.